Welcome to the Contractor Commute, a podcast by Congenius designed to fit right in your daily drive. Whether you're a small business owner, an employee, or off contracting on your own, we've got advice, stories, and leadership tips to help you out along the way. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Contractor Commute. I am Drew. I'm here with Ben, and we're today going to talk about mistakes to avoid when owning, operating a construction business. And so, uh, what better way <laughs> to talk about yeah. mistakes yeah. than a blooper reel right. of the <laughs> dumbest things we've ever done? Um, so everyone makes them. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot we of try wisdom. to forget them. Yeah, we <laughs> try to forget them. We were prepping for this. We're like, oh god, I don't want to talk about that. Um, and also, uh, leaving the names out was also challenging. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, part of the goal, you know, you know, I learned a lot from, uh, you know, if you can learn from someone else's mistakes, oh man, it's always the wiser way to learn than doing it the hard way. And so, um, some of us are more prone to learn the hard way than others, but we just want to talk about some mistakes that, uh, we've made along the way. So, um, let's start with, uh, uh, subject one, estimating mistakes, um, mistakes made while estimating what are, uh, common pitfalls or mistakes that maybe you've made while estimating a job. Early two thousands, I was uh, working on an estimate for a project for my dad's business. It was kind of a point of pride. Show the old man how it's supposed to be done. <laughs> um, nice project. Great, great potential clients. <laughs> and I remember my dad looking at what it's done. He's like, are you sure these numbers are right? <laughs> yeah. Double checked them. Triple checked them. Uh, we lost the job because it was too uh, too cheap. So mistake there was uh, this client wanted uh, to make the reassurance that there was margin to cover errors. They wanted things right, and it costs money to get things right. And uh, this leads into a very common mistake that really I didn't learn then yeah. uh, was really the costing aspect of it. Um, sometimes it's easy to figure what we assume cost would be. From mm-hmm. a standpoint, hey, this is how many two by fours we need. This is how many sheets of plywood we're going to need. I mean, we all identify with that, right? We go out there, you figure out how many material, what the what the initial material list will be. How many more trips to the store do you make between your done the time you start and the time you're done? I mean, how many more times do you have your vendor come out and bring? I mean, some guys get it right after years and years of experience, but if you're new to the process, don't assume that your list is right. Yeah. It might be twice as much stuff that ends up being out there before the, before you're done. Yeah. And that's the thing that we've talked to. Even a lot of our customers have said, like, they told us, hey, I lost job because I underbid. And the yeah. customer's like, that's too low. You know? Right. They <laughs> forgot something, clearly. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's uh, interesting. That's not what people think about often. But yeah. Well, then, the, the, you know, the reverse of that is just throw a big number at it. You also look like a fool in that scenario because you haven't justified the cost either. Right. So what's worked best is obviously get the detail. And then leave some of the room. I guess another estimating mistake would be um, not defining the process for change orders. Mm-hmm. Like at this point, yeah. this is the scope of work. Change orders, uh, costs go up on different material items. You're going to pay for it. Yeah. And we're not Santa Claus. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's one more thing, right? Like as the customer is in the middle yep. of the project, yep. it's very common uh, that something else comes up in the middle of it. Hey, while you're at it, you know. That's the while you're at it list. Could you do this? Could you do that? Oh man, that's that'll burn you every time. Yeah, yeah. while you're at it. Yeah. Uh, oh man, I've done. I've been bur- burnt by that one so many times. Um, it does kind of tie in though with knowing where you're at as a business, which is very difficult to keep track of when mm-hmm. you're a small company. You're out there doing. You're not out there crunching numbers. You know, not in the back office crunching numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not like it would have helped because I mean, there's so many different things to keep track of that it's you know it's a full time job and you yeah. don't have full time person to keep up with that in that context. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. Very easy to miss stuff. It was a growing overhead, right? Where it's like, hey, what it cost you last year might not be what it, as you're scaling and growing. I got bit by that one. You know, where, you know, what you thought, you know, your your margins are just not as good as you think they were because your business has grown. Yeah. I grew from just me to 14 people in a couple of years. Uh, and the cost of doing business mm-hmm. had some big shifts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I had an office, I had a shop, I had yeah. uh, office manager, a project Smart manager. Payroll. Yeah, those people didn't yeah. get anything done besides helping manage projects. Yeah, and we've done a whole episode on just managing overhead. Yeah. you know, which is uh, something to break down. But again, a lot of guys in the business don't think about it, especially when you scale. You know, that is not something you have to think about as much when it's just you, you and a buddy, whatever. But when you scale um, and start growing your business, you yeah. know, you've got to know how that works. And it you know. starts off with when you are the one man truck that your tools are a part of your hourly billing. So if yeah. you want to take home a certain amount of money, you got to figure out what those tools cost you, what that truck costs you, the trailer costs you, all of the stuff that you have. Yeah. It might be a hundred grand worth of stuff. How, how, you know, how much time does it take before all that stuff depreciates and you divide that up by the number of hours you're going to use it for. Yeah. And that's really the cost of having it. And we've heard this story too. I mean, uh, I'm $20 an hour, but my tools are 50. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but the stories of a guy's truck gets broken into, tools got stolen. I mean, how many times I've heard that so many times yeah. where it's like, now what am I going to do? I can't go make money to replace my tools, right? Um, you know, and just the overhead too of like, the hey, lesson there, get an insurance policy. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which also goes into your overhead, just the cost of doing, yep. the cost of doing business, right? But a guy getting started and they may not think about it, yep. you know, that, that can, that can eat you. All right, uh, let's go. Uh, so we talk about estimating mistakes. Let's hit project management mistakes. Yeah, glad we're done with the estimating yeah. mistakes. <laughs> so many to make there. Yeah, and that's really one of the things behind Congenius is the estimating aspect of. I mean, the yeah. pain point there is massive. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to master. It's hard to get right. It is, you know. And I think we've, you know, we talk about it, but the the facts are four to five small contracting businesses go out of business in the first five years. It's a huge number, isn't it? So 80% fail and it's not because they don't, it's, you know, it's not because they don't know how to do good work. You know, it's in the estimating. Sometimes, but yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, some guys, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are right. the fly by nights, but most of the time you got a legitimate business, you know what you're doing. It's the other aspects of it, yeah. the business aspect. Yeah. A tax bill comes in a year. You're like, I 10 didn't, grand. What? Right. Yeah. Didn't, I don't have it. Right. Yeah. Um, project management, did you say? Yeah. Project management. Let's go yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> project management mistakes. Boy, that's a broad area, isn't it? Um covers so much ground. Um, one of the big things for me was as my business grew, my time was diluted so many different directions. I became lead salesperson. I became lead carpenter. Customer <laughs> became, service. Customer, it, whatever it was, yeah, I was out there punchless, hiring people, interviewing people. And, and I ended up becoming, I mean, just for hiring my office manager, right? 86 people apply for it. I interviewed 12 people. That's a lot of That's time. me. Yeah. Just, you know, I'd sort through 86 resumes, pick out the top, five, interview them, then try to make a decision. And every role was like that. Yeah. You know, and you're hiring. So when it comes down to the project management aspect of it, when you're not available and you're not there, if you're the expert on your team and you're the one that's the project manager and the HR man and everything else, uh, you're just the natural dilution of your time and you end up not being there when you need to be there. Yep. So yeah, I was running the job and I ended up tasking somebody else to run it. And, uh, obviously, uh, they didn't have the experience. I wasn't able to be there. And so it was a negative thing, both directions. Cause he's looking at me saying, why aren't you here? And I'm looking there, looking at him saying, why aren't you getting it done? Right. Yeah. Um, and I've had that happen more than once on different projects where there's an expectation I have of somebody 
to take my role without them having the qualifications or the definition of what that role needed to be. Yeah. So it's a huge mistake. Let's talk about, I mean, where that goes right into the kind of the next thing we're going to jump into, which is hiring mistakes, you know, like, <laughs> which this is the easy one yeah. uh, of uh, making mistakes while, while hiring. You talk about, Hey, I got to hire an office manager. Right. Cause, but then that takes, you get 80 something people apply. You look at, you know, yep. interview 12 people trying to pick the right one based off of one conversation and resume yeah. review. Um, that's a minefield. And, you know, I always say, and that's the easy part. And you end up firing them, uh, which is never fun either, but, no. um, you know, getting the right person up front is, is critical. Uh, but let's, particularly uh, in construction, I know we've touched on this before, but there's this kind of, uh, mentality, like how hard could it be? I mean, I've worked on a lot of different projects and, you know, a lot of different customers. And I've had probably a good 20 or 30 times where people have said, we'll handle the painting on a project. Over the years, just like we want to save money, we'll take care of the painting because we can do that. They've they're not painters, but it seems more manageable, something they could do. Yeah. How hard could it be? Why I bring that up is because you have similar things that happen when the job market. Somebody is a pretender to oh, yeah. have skills in an area <laughs> because they think how hard could it be? The fact that they think that shows you their ignorance. Right. <laughs> because to be a professional painter involves at least three years of professional painting experience of yeah. being able to get out there and do it. Some people might be a quick study and get, get yeah. to a proficiency quicker than that. But I'm to really know all the intricacies and ins and outs of products and all of the scenarios, you learned a lot from mistakes and from other people and mm -hmm. being able to do a great job is involves a lot of hours and there's no shortcut. Yeah. And so when you're hiring, you get these applicants and what do you do? Well, pretty much everything. And then he asked, I've asked, well, what's the best, you know, what is your most proficient, proficient, uh, you know, skill, yeah. a skill you're most proficient with? Well, all of them, that's a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah. soon as they don't have a specialty, they're yeah. not good at anything. They're not, I, that means they're not good at anything Yeah. because there's not one thing they can point to as saying, I'm a trim carpenter. Yeah. I've had 20 years of experience in trim carpentry. Uh, if you want a precise joint and you want things put together, I'm fast with it. This is what I do. Hire that guy as opposed to the guy said, you want your plumbing done, electrical work, drywall, yeah. I can handle it. And next thing you know, you're following this guy around really just disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I think been, the mistake for me was hiring people for too broad of a role. Yeah. And if you're overly Literally. optimistic too, like you, you know, take, you want to believe people, you know, but you get burned enough times you learn not to just believe people. It's not just scenario. belief. You almost feel like there's a need. Like I need this person. He's a person. So therefore oh, yeah. let's go. Right. As opposed to realizing nobody is way better than the wrong person. Absolutely. Because at least, you know, you need somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not following this fool around fixing some mistakes. Right. That will cost you more time and effort. You know? I think one of the best stories of a bad hire for me was, <laughs> oh, this is going to be so painful. Um, yeah. And I'll have to make sure I don't say his name. Uh, we'll cut it out if I, if it blurps yeah. out. Yeah. But uh, I'm working on this job and uh, somebody referred him saying, hey, he's looking for a job, his friend or something like that. So I said, okay, well, check him out, you know, come out to the project we're working on. I tasked him with like setting up some shelves or something like that. And he was terrible. I mean, the, you know, just the project was, you know, one inch off, you know, in the corner. He didn't know anything about what he was doing. I thought, okay, well, that's one thing he doesn't do well. So let's yeah. not have to do shelving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly that's not his thing. But instead of really recognizing and really focusing in and saying, what is he good at, if anything, and just saying, you know what, this is, I can't train you in a proficiency 
that's not my role. There's mm-hmm. plenty of other trade schools or other pathways where you can be an apprentice, but this guy has got a family to feed. Yeah. He's not going to be an apprentice. Like that's just not going to work for either one of us. And uh, so we came, it came down to another project and I thought, well, we'll just put him on laborer type work. Um, that came down to, I'm giving you too many details, but anyway, um, this guy knows who he is by now. <laughs> Do not listen to the podcast. Uh, I'm going to go on a hunch and say he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. Yeah. Anyway, he's not in, in the trades, but, uh, anyway, we had another project and uh, tasking him with a bunch of laborer type work. Customer calls me and said, uh, your guy fell through the, the, <laughs> the attic. <laughs> Uh, into the hallway. And I said, what? So I get there and I said, what, what, what did we learn from this? You know, yeah. like was the setup in place that we, we have proper planking in this attic space. You know, there's the fall through potential. This is dangerous. So we don't want anybody getting hurt. He's working with somebody else who had been on my team for a couple of years. So clearly this was, you know, it wasn't just him out there on his yeah. own. Yeah. And he said, man, I don't think there's anything that could have been done. <laughs> I mean, this is one of those things. <laughs> Red flag. Yeah. But trying to be a nice guy, give this guy another ch- chance. So he ends up staying on that project until it's done in this attic work. Yeah, which you had to replace. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Finally. So he, I just, for, yeah. to help my visualization yeah, yeah, of this scene, yeah, yeah. he physically fell entirely through the attic, like landed in the hallway or was it like a, just a leg punch? Yeah, through? leg punch. Yeah, All right. Right. All right. So, you know, and he That's get- still awesome. <laughs> I mean, not awesome, but like right, the right. way I just like yeah. envisioning these yeah. things. And he's no injuries. Thank God. Everything's okay. And I'm getting my drywall out there, patch the hole and everything else. Yeah. Which would have been awesome if you had done that before the customer right. saw it. So before I got- she saw his leg dangling right. through the attic. Right. Yeah. So then I've got another guy comes out to the project who's also very green, no experience, everything. Customer comes back. We have everything all patched, put back together, except it hadn't been painted yet. So the patch is still fresh. The texture matches. It looks really good. But I'm thinking, let's get this thing repaired. Then we explain, you know, hey, listen, we had a little bit of thing and she won't even know what, what happened. So Curly, <laughs> customer comes back and he's staring at the ceiling. Right, what happened? <laughs> oh, so she didn't know yet. <laughs> yeah, she didn't know yet. Oh, my God. And he, she stared and she's like, What's up there? Say goodbye to the hassle of estimating for your construction projects with Congenius. Our intuitive platform makes creating highly accurate and detailed estimates a breeze. And with cloud based access and automatic calculations, you can focus on what really matters building your business. Visit Congenius.com to learn more. Congenius. Build like no one else. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to see here. Right. Not that we're trying to be deceptive, but I'd like to finish the repair before we we point it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, oh, that's, oh, wow. What, you know, and she was not going to let this one go. She was going to milk this one for all it was worth. Yeah. Understandably. Understandably. (laughs) So we get through this. I end up letting him go a few weeks later and said, you know what? This is just not a great fit. Trying to be nice about it. Not run anybody. One thing I've learned from from HR side of just hiring people, there's no sense running anybody else down on the way out. Yeah. Just like not a good fit. Wish you the best. So I'm telling my wife. (laughs) Just so grateful to be alive and things are, are working okay and nobody got hurt from this thing. About six weeks later, 
And I th- I'm just starting to get to the point now where there's not recurring mistakes every week of being like, oh, this guy messed up here. He messed up there. Right. This isn't right. You know, yeah. it's just starting to yeah. get to the point where we can move forward. The trail of mistakes. Is right. The trail of mistakes is kind of cleaning up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I'm just a random comment to her. I don't, it was either that night or the next day I get a call from the same customer and she says something fell through the <laughs> from the attic into her kitchen this time, not the hallway. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what the heck? Yeah. What could have fallen through the ceiling? Wasn't his leg again. Right. He's not up. Yeah. So we're all done with his job. She's like some sort of like fan. So I text the other guy that's on the project. I said, did so-and-so have, you know, some sort of fan in the attic? And he said, oh yeah, he had bungee cord that's <laughs> like a hundred pound fan to the attic roof and it collapsed in no. the middle in the middle of the night no <laughs> um so not to run this guy down just in case he ever he for sure knows who he is by now <laughs> <laughs> okay. um the mistake was very costly to me not to him yeah he still got paid to screw it up got paid you know uh, and everything else but the lesson to me was in the first moments of that it would have been fairer to me and to him to make the call out of saying, yeah. this is not, a, we're driving a square peg into a round hole. Yeah. And call it good there yep. instead of trying to make something work. Yeah. And that's a big mistake. And, yeah. I, and I've repeated that one. Yeah. Yeah. Being a nice guy doesn't mean, and, and with the opposite of it being a total jerk. Yeah. But uh, being a nice guy, you you have to call these things out and be like, you know what? Am I able to bring this guy up to where he needs to be at an expense I'm comfortable with? Right. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a great way of yeah phrasing it because I think it's yeah. It is a it is it is costing you. It is taking yeah. your time. It is taking your money, and it's not good for them either. No, you know. And the no. sooner you can and realize, they don't it, the appreciate better. it. But it's like the you know the debt you feel committed, the technical debt concept, where it's like, well, I'm, yeah. I hired them, I yeah. did this, and two weeks you, in, maybe right. another week they'll be better. Yeah, I don't want to go through the entire hiring process no. again, and like you yeah. know all those things. But don't, and yeah. it's a pride thing to say, hey, you missed it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, on the hiring process, you made the decision to hire them and you got it to does reflect that. back on me. Yeah. I made a mistake. I yeah. hired somebody I should have never hired. Yeah. yeah. Most people are not quick to admit their mistakes. But in this scenario, um, you know, to your point. I hate to you tell know. you all she blew it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, what else you got? What about uh, what about some financial mistakes? Got any examples of uh, just financial mistakes you've made in your business that you learned the hard way? Yeah. Uh, probably one of the bigger mistakes would be when to spend money on reinvestment. It's really easy to see you got 40 grand in the bank account and you want to go blow it on something, buy some more tools or whatever else and, and want to scale your business. Uh, I like to compare this to monopoly. Uh, you know, you've been around the board twice. You own all the properties. You're starting to build, you know, houses on everything, but you don't have any cash in the bank. Yeah. And, uh, next thing you know, you're the guy selling houses around the board because you can't, you don't have the liquidity to support this empire you're building. Right. So building too fast without having the liquidity or assets or cash in the bank essentially to support that. Yeah. It's really not about the assets, it's about the cash. Yeah. So cash flowing appropriately and keeping some margin there. Um, that's a lesson to learn. Yeah. Uh, making sure you have minimums in the bank where you're saying this is a sort of 10 grand or 20 grand or 50 grand, depending on the size of your business becomes the zero. Right. As opposed to true bottom dollar zero. Yeah. Like I do not have $1. Yeah. And if you can avoid that scenario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> but in my first business, that wasn't the case. Yeah. For most people's first businesses, it's not the case. No, yeah, you're you're going to, I mean, 
Most, down to 12 cents. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You're <laughs> trying to get a hotel. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I remember looking at my bank account when I was like 68 cents in one account, 12 cents in the other account. Yeah. And I had 15 grand coming in the next day, but that's where that was today. That's not a very good spot to be. You know? No. Yeah. You'll lose sleep over that. Yeah. You know, but I think you look at the most entrepreneurs and business owners fail the first two or three goes at yeah. it, you know, and, and it's when do you reinvest? Yeah. Don't overcommit. Don't yep. buy fancy stuff. Yeah. Um, Make sure you keep the cash reserve. Yeah. It's better off to play conservative because some people be too conservative yep. where it's like they have, they are not investing enough yep. and they're building well, up, building up, you know. That was never um, me, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you also have to scale, right? Like you had to think through like, you know, we had a customer, uh, we were talking the other day and they were like, hey, I'm, you know, my, my ceiling is I have more work than I can do, but my body's slowing down. They're like, mm -hmm. when I was 25, 30, 35, I could keep up. He's like, I'm hitting 50, 55, and I'm physically starting to get a limitation. And I didn't invest to scale 10 years ago yeah. to where, and so now instead of working on my business, I'm continuing to work in my business. And the product is me, right? It's not sellable, any of those things, right? And so at a certain point, you do need to have a long-term strategy where you're building up cash to deploy yep. to make it scalable. So eventually you're, you know, you're the GC, but you're doing less and less of the hands-on work yourself, you know? Yeah, that's so, a good point. Yeah, you know, the person who spends all their cash, but doesn't think about long-term is another thing too. And so- um, So probably to that point, the the lesson to be learned from that scenario is, okay, how does this actually impact my bottom dollar? Yeah. You know, buying some new sander or a new tool, does that actually help my, my business? Yeah. In the in the niche that I'm in. Right. You know, it's is this gonna is it shiny object syndrome where right. it's some new tool that we yeah. just had to have six hundred bucks. And if it's actually gonna improve your efficiency and help you make money, then yeah, good investment. Right. But it's just a yeah. you know, sometimes we blow money to feel good. But let's you know. say we check those boxes. Yes. Does it improve efficiency? Check. Will make me money? Check. I've got a one grand in the account. This cost me $600. Maybe I should wait till the end of next week when I get paid on that one job. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you most certainly, <laughs> you know, right. Uh, or have a separate account that, you know, a percentage of what you bill goes into reinvestment. And that's where, you know, we've talked about money management and stuff. We'll yep. probably talk about it again, but is there a percentage of every job that you're just taking and straight putting into an account for reinvestment? And that's wh where that money comes from, yep. you know? Uh, you know, I think strategy. another thing, another mistake would be uh, looking to all you know, financing to to make up for that. I think you got to be careful with that. Yeah. Um, how are you paying that back? And yeah. uh, where's what does that look like on yeah. your business? Did you model it? And yep. as contractors, we're not always the guys that are modeling scenarios. Right. We're just like. Yeah, it'll be fine. No, you find yourself robbing Peter to pay Paul, yeah. you know, month to month, and you're trying to drum up enough cash in June to pay for your July and, and all the rest. And yeah, yeah. and that's uh, when you got, you know, at that point, you end up having creditors chasing you down. Yeah. Not, not a comfortable place to be. And you yeah. know, another another financial mistake would be not billing promptly. I don't like to. I don't like collecting money, hmm. and some people don't like paying. Yeah, you know, it's just like uh, check again. Yeah. Just last week we paid you. Yeah, well, it's that time now. Right, and that comes back to. Some of the conversations we've had on yeah. communication, yeah. you know, like, do you define the payment schedule up a time ahead of time? Hey, we get paid once a week yeah. or every other week. Yeah. And it's like clockwork. You don't miss one. Yeah. You know, you sound like you are a beggar every time. Yeah. You know, just, I got to get paid. This is the schedule. This is what we agreed on. Even if it's, you know, and yeah. anyway. Well, you, you know, we talk to the customers have you know, a stack of invoices like, oh, I should probably run a low on cash and you go send out some invoices yeah. like, you know, I have a system there is going to get you in trouble. Yeah, well, so that's the other part about it. You know, yeah. trying to keep up with it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. Ben, I appreciate taking the time today. Just second, just simple mistakes to uh, avoid when owning, operating a construction business. Talking about some estimating mistakes. We can go on for days. Project yeah. management <laughs> mistakes. Yeah. Like we could, this yeah. could be a few hours and no one's got the time. The, the, uh, thing, the thing that I enjoy about mistakes though is 
instead of really focusing on the down aspect of the mistake is just seeing what am I learning from this? Totally. If you can learn something from the mistake, yep. it's not as painful. Right. And Hey, we all going to make mistakes. We yeah. keep making mistakes. We learn from them. And sometimes we're not, sometimes they come out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, wow, whoever saw that one coming. Yeah. And sometimes they're unavoidable. Yeah. Some part of the education and it's part of learning, part of growing and mistakes are, you know, cost of tuition. Yeah. That's they're great educators. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. We appreciate you taking the time today uh, for a contractor commute. Uh, again, if uh, you're finding value in the podcast, love to get reviews and wherever you're listening to this to you got feedback, email us podcast at congenius.com. Something you want us to, to dive into or get more information on. I uh, would love, to, would love to do that. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys in a couple of weeks.